Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I would like to start off with a quote by St. Augustine who said, quote, The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose and it will defend itself, unquote. We are at a most interesting time in our awakening. It seems the truth is making itself known to more and more people, and not just the libertarians and freedom-loving tribe. The center, center-left, and yes, even some lefties I know are seeing things differently than even a few months ago. People seem, dare I say, less divided than before? Hmm. The new book by Robert Kennedy Jr., The Real Anthony Fauci, has stormed up the charts, and it's red-pilling the center and center-left as we speak. Do you want to know who Tony Fauci really is and what he's about? Go grab a copy for yourself and see what all the buzz is. And people seem to be turning more to God or Christ or the divine, and this is the other aspect of the Great Awakening. Humanity is learning of our divine partnership in unique ways, with each one of us adding to the whole. My guest and I were marveling off microphone that we have both traversed the spiritual road far and wide, only to arrive back at God and Christ. There's been a particular magic in this for me. My spiritual journey has been a constant in my life, and it was always imbued with myth and teachings from the East. It is only now, well into my middle years, that I have taken a keen interest in Christ and his teachings. It seems that God and the divine like to keep you on your toes. With that being said, I've always felt that Base Camp for Men was divinely guided. My guests and topics come to me in often synchronistic ways, and it has taught me to trust God, to trust myself as a medium or messenger, and to trust you, my listeners, to be able to pull from the conversations, the insights and tidbits that you need to accelerate your awakening and your hero's journey. 2022 is going to have us on the edge of our seats. There are protests all over the place for medical freedom and sovereignty. The center and center left are waking up. This is the stage that the mystics call the quickening. My guest today is Roy Holman. Roy is a meditation and yoga teacher, a lover of nature, and the creator and host of the podcast, The Soulful Warrior. Here is my interview with Roy Holman. Okay, I am here with Roy Holman, podcaster, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, friend, Roy Holman. Roy, welcome back to Basecamp for Men. It's good to have you on the show. Hey, Tony, thanks for inviting me back. Absolutely. No, it's, and you really came through for me because my sound editor uh, sent me something, Chris sent me something a couple weeks ago and said, oh, you know, forgot to tell you or wanted to give you a heads up. We're going to have to pinch too close together because I am going to be out of town and not able to edit. So I was like, "Uh oh, so then I started looking at my list and I was like, Roy, I bet he'll be game for a conversation. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, really kind of saved my butt. And, uh, I just wanted, I just wanted to start with, um, you know, just like, what are you seeing right now? Uh, in terms of the narrative, I was going to read a few of the memes to kind of tee it up for you and then just get your, your take on it. And I, I, these have been coming across my desk on, on a regular basis. So, uh, there's three of them. The first one is from Rod Dreher. He's a, he's a left leaning, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, thought leader, I guess. And he says, day six of COVID, my wife and kids have it too. All of us vaxxed, wife and I both boosted not long ago. Everybody we know who has Omicron was vaxxed, most also boosted. So I got to ask, what's the point of vaccine and vaccine passports now? Security theater, prepping social credit system, question mark. 
Um, another by a Denver uh, news station that that uh, reported that natural immunity was six times stronger during the Delta wave than vaccination. And this is according to the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention. I thought that was interesting. And then the last one uh, is by an, uh, an ER doctor. Jacob Edward, also on Twitter, and he says, I'm COVID positive after receiving both Moderna vaccines. I'm still able to show up to work in the ER based on CDC guidelines. This is after they fired COVID negative healthcare workers who didn't get vaccinated. And he says, nothing makes sense anymore. Um, so I'm seeing this kind of stuff on a fairly regular basis, almost daily. I'm seeing these kind of posts and, you know, it never used to be I never used to see anything from the left that was recognizing, hey, what in the heck is going on? What are you, what are you seeing? Are, you, are, are we starting to see the middle, the center left starting to go, wait a minute, what is going on? What, what, what are you noticing over in your, your part of the world? Well, uh, before I mention that, I, I just want to uh, say, you know, when you invited me on the show and I said, I don't know anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I know. It's just I know. Orwellian. And, and there's, for me, I don't know if you feel this too, but I feel like there's a paradox where I'm seeing more than I've ever seen in my life. And at the same time, I'm totally, um, it's, it's confusing and it's not comfortable yep. seeing what I see. And at the same time, I don't get so much now. You know, a, a lot of us were predicting timelines and this and that. Yeah. So I'm in that very rich, but challenging, beautiful time of not knowing. So I just want to mention that as we start this yeah, podcast that I, I don't know it. anything. I and then it. on the other hand, um, on the other hand, absolutely. There's so much that would not make sense unless you backed up a little, right? And look mm -hmm. from the big angle or the bird's eye view and see that there is a uh, yeah, I want to use the word Satan, but there's there's a deep state, there's an agenda here. And mm -hmm. if you don't see that, it's going to be one weird day after another. Like, why is that happening? I mean, some people don't even question any of that. But like you said, now it's starting to sift down, isn't it? There's yeah. so many people. And I mean, one indication is I'm not getting attacked nearly as much on social media. I think one reason is because they're, the the bad boys are censoring me more and people don't get access to my stuff. But right. there's also a lot less people really reacting. I haven't been attacked hardly at all lately. So, yeah, this first example you gave this guy, what the heck is going on? When he says, yeah, you, you can't you can do this booster and these vaccines and you can still transmit and everybody's getting sick. And of course the side effects as much as they're hiding and they're, they're coming through, people mm -hmm. are becoming aware of bears. And so in a way it's, uh, it's very exciting, isn't it? It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I noticed the same thing on social media. Now I'm not really on the, the, I mean, I got booted off Twitter, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, the only place on social media, well, I've kind of got a half-ass Instagram account, but where Basecamp for Men episodes get announced is on Facebook because I have a page there. And I have noticed a big drop-off in the trolls, you know, because I used to post stuff and then somebody would just like say the most ridiculous thing. I was like, I don't think they really listened to the episode because that's not what it was about at all. You know, like I just yeah. think these are bots and, and trolls trying to kill anything. <laughs> but I also don't I don't know how much Facebook is they might be shadow banning and they might not be putting it out the way I think they are. You know, I don't know all the details of that, but um, I'm noticing less of that. And it seems 
out in my conversations and my interactions in stores and at the, at the athletic club and stuff like that, I don't see too much, like, I don't see much tension between two camps as much anymore. I'm seeing more, uh, you know, I don't want to say unity, but there's just, it seems like there's a collective allowing the other person to have a disagreement on issue X than before. Before it seemed very reactive. Like you didn't want to talk about anything that, that it was core to the narrative because it might trigger people or somebody might get really pissed off. And now it's almost like both sides have found a way to kind of say, look, we agree to disagree, but I don't want to kill you off because you got the vaccine or because you don't wear a mask or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm seeing much more of a kind of allowing on both sides, which I think is a really good thing, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I think it, yeah. I think it's starting to crumble. And, and on the other hand, I, I came across this poll the other day that made me a little bit concerned, you know, how it goes back and forth. One day it's like, yeah, it's crumbling. And then it's like, oh my God, these people still believe this. But yeah. it was a Rasmussen poll to Democrats and let's see, it was 45% of Democrats supported quarantining unvaxxed permanently, and then 29% support taking kids from their parents. Oh, my God. And then 48% support prison for anyone questioning the vaccine efficacy on social media. So there's still a, a lot of um, really uh, bewildered people, I think, out there. Oh man, those polls got to be mouthwatering for the CCP or any like Nazi, you know, leftovers. <laughs> like, like, yes, this is exactly what I want. So <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, one of the one of the big red pills right now that's happening is Robert Kennedy's uh, uh, the real Anthony Fauci book that's on the bestseller. Uh, I've talked to a ton of people that are talking about it and reading about it, and these are not necessarily libertarians or people that are freedom lovers or, or, or pro, you know, medical choice people, the people that I'm talking to that are reading it would be, I would consider center or sometimes even on the left. And they're reading it because I, maybe they've heard some things about Tony Fauci and they're like, I really want to dig in. Robert Kennedy's a really good writer. Um, I have the book I've read, you know, half of it now. It doesn't really have it's not really for me. Like I already kind of did a bunch of research. I mean, it's got, it's really in depth, but I think he's really red pilling a lot of people right now because of his name and because of the book. But one of the things that he said in the book, he said, quote, stop calling yourselves Republicans and Democrats. I love this. Stop identifying yourselves as anything but Americans. Our enemy is big banks, big pharma, big tech, big data, and the media. And unquote. And so, I mean, he's going right for the heart of the matter. He's not, you, you wouldn't say, oh, here's a conspiracy theorist calling out the deep state. He doesn't use the deep state. He's just saying these institutions are corrupt. We have to start banding together and stop, stop separating ourselves by Republican Democrat. And this is from a Kennedy. I mean, you know, you would, it, 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 it's really impactful because he, his whole family is their lifelong Democrats. I mean, this is the face of the franchise in the sixties and for him to call it out and say, look, we got to stop with this division and we're all Americans and we got to figure this out because we've got some really powerful institutions corrupt. that are working against us. Um, did you, did you read the book or did you, what do you think of the quote? No, it's a, 
It's a perfect quote, as he tends to do. He's, he's. I think he doesn't want to. He knows where to kind of hold the line a little bit as far as yeah. not getting too many people upset about calling it deep state and all that. Yeah. But yeah. But he's calling them tyrants. He's calling them tyrannical. Yeah. And he's he's absolutely right. A, a friend of mine, I, who's been uh, almost trying to open up for a red pill, but then he gets scared to tax me. But he he, I, I sent him the invitation to read that book, which I have as well. But mm -hmm. he uh, he said, oh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's been debunked so many times. You know, that's the big word he's been doing. I said, you know, there's like 1,200 citations. This is one of the most <laughs> best yeah. cited books I've ever seen. And yeah. he, he can't, you know, he's got that spell on him. But I love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's yeah. he's a real warrior. And and one thing he said at the rally, which I thought was really beautiful. I watched some of the live stream mm -hmm. of the the um uh, the DC rally a few days ago. And he, um, he said that these tyrants have wanted control of this planet forever, but now they have the technology to do it with mm. 5g and all these weird, you know, variants, scariants they're coming up with. So they, they've got a lot of control now with this whole, uh, smart system they're putting in, yeah. if you want to call it that. But, uh, so he, he knows he sees the big picture and he knows how to walk the line about what he what he's saying but i totally agree with you that's it's so important and i think it's starting to happen don't you where we're starting to see a little bit through some of us quicker than others this whole divide and conquer thing which is which is so many ways you know i was thinking the other day tony you know all these terms uh, these these clever wokesters come up with or maybe the chinese communist party or whoever comes up with them you know mm -hmm. uh, like social justice and Antifa, anti-fascism and Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you can't really argue with that. If you say uh, I'm against anti-racism or I'm against social yeah. justice, it's like they go after you. So they, they're very clever about this divide and conquer thing. And it, I think it's starting to fall apart even there, too, though. Yeah, I think so, too. It is very clever because you can't attack something that sounds like, well, we're all that's a universal value. But then you start to look under the hood and you're like, wait a minute, these guys are funded by, <laughs> by George Soros, who's who's made his mission to destroy America and, and anything freedom. You know, so uh, it's interesting. It, it's it's not an easy uh it's not an easy tactic to sniff out. You know, you have to stay with it and go, why, why is this happening? Um, one of the things too is like you know, there's marches all over the world. You, I, we got to participate in a really big one uh, in Seattle, which was exhilarating because Seattle really is kind of the belly of the beast. You know, we think, um, at least for me, I'm like, you know, uh, I, I don't know why I'm, I love Seattle, but at the same time, it's, it's mired in this kind of cultural Marxism that we're talking about in this like compliance to authority. Uh, you know, it's coming from the government. We must trust it. It's almost like the, the context that, that this tribe is living under. And, um, you know, you had on Victoria uh, Palmer on your show the other day. I love her. She's just so courageous. She's one of the big leaders in Seattle. Uh, she was out there with a sign by herself uh, at the beginning. And now there's this big, you know, every two months, I think they're doing they're doing a big one in Seattle. I know you're doing uh, freedom marches up there. Um, and, it, you know, it's funny because I never would have thought that, I don't consider freedom and loving freedom to be attached to any particular part of the political spectrum, right? It's just like, doesn't everybody love freedom? Can't we agree on that? And and I think it's one of those things that 
that everybody agrees on. But then there's like, wait a minute, if if you're going to have the Trumpsters over there or these are the gun owners or the libertarians that don't want any government, then maybe I don't want freedom. You know, it's like they throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I just think this movement is getting more and more momentum when you start seeing big marches in Seattle uh, and Portland, you know that it's arrived at your shores because, you know, it's happening all over. I see that the the Canadians are getting behind the truckers. I, I would love to see that in the United States. Uh, truckers for freedom, where they're trucking across the, the country to all these people, you know, uh, cheering them on. Um, I would love to see a national thing. I know you watched the, uh, the, the DC one. Um, is it, is there, is there a big freedom movement building? Do you think, are we getting momentum? It seemed like for a long time we were watching and we, I was feeling like we were a little behind the curve, you know, kind of a little sheepish, like, aren't we supposed to be the ones that are like striking the fire up too? why, why are the Canadian, why the uh, Europeans kicking our butts and why, how come there's not more people out? But I think you're starting to see it now, aren't we? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it, I think part of the reluctance to support freedom as as weird as that sounds, like you say, is this kind of a collectivist idea that's, that's been bred into the woke kind of left, you know, where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you got to sacrifice for the good of everyone, even though the masks don't work, even though the vaccines don't work and are dangerous, you know, so it gets really, really tweaked out of whack. So I kind of like to focus on truth more than freedom almost, because maybe, Mm. maybe that's something that's a little harder to disagree with. But I I know we had a guest here at our Airbnb up here in Everett once, and he was traveling around the whole country and he was uh, visiting every state. And he'd already been to 47, I think. And he said, um, this was the most uh, interesting, shall we say, state as far as people all masked up and really vigilant about it. And and he was he was kind of surprised himself. He had not gone, he had not been to Oregon next, so that probably was going to be kind of interesting yeah. as well. But we have a a woman that leads our crypto group, and she's from Romania. And just last night, she was telling us about why she left there. She saw the the communist writing on the wall, and then uh, I said to her, "Wow, you live in Seattle now? Is that kind of like, oh my God, I got to run again?" And she kind of got a kind of a worried look in her face, like, you know, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like, what a, what a wild place. But, you know, like you may have heard the, like you mentioned, Victoria Palmer, wonderful um, leader out there, courageous, but she she was saying how empowering it was to march through Seattle because they had some apprehension. We've all seen the riots by Antifa and all that stuff, but she said it was so beautiful, the energy. And and somebody else who was there told me it was almost like there was a cushion of grace that kept people from going out or attacking or or doing anything violent. It felt really kind of guided. Yeah. We, my wife and I were there and it was spectacular because some of those I, we'd gone to a couple other ones with Victoria where they were pretty small and you just feel so outnumbered. People are giving you the burr and, and yelling stuff at you. Um, but you're, you know, you're just like, okay, we're, we're all in this together. This one had so many people down there that it was like, oh my God, this is so much better when there's a lot of people. And people were like, marchers were like, hey, come join us. We're marching for freedom. And people were joining in that were just watching from the sidelines going, you know, and they would get to the end and it's like, oh, how come you join? And they're like, well, you asked me and I thought if I'm not going to, if I'm, I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to be somebody that stands up for freedom. 
and it was so like, and, and they just happened to be downtown. They had no, I, they had no notion of attending, but they saw us smiling and waving these signs, and and we got just invited them in, and and some people said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come march with you guys. This is I, this is in alignment with me. So that that's going on, which is just really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things, Roy, is. I kind of am saying, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm taking a stand that it's it's done with. You know, like uh, when I'm in conversation, I'm like, it's a, the the pandemic's over with. And what I mean by that is, there's no, you know, there's 42 to 44 other states where there's none of this. There's no mask mandates. There's no requirements to be vaccinated. Like there isn't, and people are not wearing their masks to your friend's point who visited, who said, I can't believe it. I talked to people who travel here, and they're like, dude. I'm from Texas or I'm from Florida or I'm from Idaho. doesn't matter. I can't believe how bad it is here. It, it feels like a slice of Melbourne almost compared mm-hmm. to where I'm at. And so I like to remind people, look, most of the country, this thing is in the rearview mirror. They're already like, whatever, Omicron, it's like a cold or a very, very mild flu. No big deal. Like, you know, and so it's just when you get in silos here and in particular groups, they can think, oh man, we're still trying to get through this. It's like, we just have to say it's done with. We're not doing this anymore. Everybody's tired of it. And, you know, we have been the most compliant state, us and Oregon, maybe California, you know. Um, and I think it's good to remind people that, look, we've we've been in the belly of the beast relative to everything that's going on. It's not It's not any of these other states where they're like, yeah, we kind of half-assed it for a little while there, but then we just all realize now we're not doing this. We're just going to open up business and just, you know, if, you, if you're afraid, you can stay home, but we're not going to require everybody to wear masks. And it, it's really, it's, I think it's good to sort of get the bigger picture of what's happening in the country because you can really get up against it here and think we're still very much like in this radical lockdown where everybody's masked because you look around and that's the way it is, right? Yeah, I think it's good to have a little context and a little uh, a big big view of what's going on here and there, the pockets of this and that. You know, they, they, there was a study that came up and they saw that they're doing different batches, each of the different mm. uh, vaccine companies, and they found it, it appears that the red states are actually um, – well, killing more people by by two to one than the blue states. So it's it's you know. Uh, so in other words, what you're saying, I think, is very important to get an idea mm-hmm. of what's going on and uh, get a bigger view. But also, we have to still realize these guys are it's a it's a whole global war that these guys are pulling, and they're just doing what they can where they can, and yeah, they're gonna have to beat it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting when you look at Australia. You know, I have a friend there and she's up on the Gold Coast and she doesn't seem to be bothered by much. And I'm like, God, and, and they're, here they are in Melbourne, just, I mean, the police are beating the, the protesters and they're, you know, you can't travel more than a mile from your apartment or whatever, whatever lockdowns. are. Right. I don't know if it's still that stringent, but those were like shocking, like, wow. And they're, you know, they don't have, you know, they can't legally own a gun there in Australia. It's not like they can say, you know, over my dead body. Um, and so they're, tr- they're complying, but it's like the, the country's so big, like up on the Gold Coast, she's like, no, everything's fine here. Yeah, they're having some problems in Melbourne, you know, really like soft, soft peddling it back to me. Like, yeah, there's, there's some issues. I'm like, it looks shockingly totalitarian <laughs> yeah. there. Like, aren't you worried it's going to spread up to you? And she's like, nah. I'm like, huh, okay. 
So let me just sit with that, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm shocked by what I see in Melbourne. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. Can I offer kind of a po- a positive perspective, a bird's eye view? Sure. That came to me. It's it's kind of like you know. I said to back it up and look at you know. Yeah, this is a whole global war on the people. But also, if we look from another more optimistic perspective maybe how many decades have we witnessed this crazy big pharma and the mainstream medical mm. model and the central banksters and the mainstream media this kind of satanic shadow government fighting against us in every every way you can imagine and then they kind of intensify their plan right they add 5g this covid yeah. bioweapons and scariness and all this and then we have a, a what a year of madness and then a stolen election and then and even crazier year last year, you know, starting with the January 6th false flag and yeah. this weird, surreal Biden in nomination. And then the vaccine kicks in and then we have all these injuries. But then, you know, people start to see it all over the world. Like you said, left, right. We start to see who the real enemy is little by little, not all at once. And then uh, Omicron comes along, which Dr. Malone says is a gift of grace because it's really yeah. way, it's really giving us the natural immunity to wipe out the whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And then people, all of a sudden, it seems like we're realizing masks aren't necessary. Distancing isn't necessary. Yeah. COVID vaccines are not only unnecessary, but illegal. And then we got this uproar coming. And is it possible that all this is just leading, I guess, what I'm trying to say is that we get the tribunals, the trials, the end of big pharma, the end of mainstream mm-hmm medical model and mainstream media and central bank system. And man, I, th- I think uh, it's going to get really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm super optimistic uh, for this year. I think there's a lot of things going to happen. There's going to be some probably kind of scary stuff. There'll be still some false flags, but it's almost like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like it, when you have a whole group that's calling out the false flags almost ahead of time, it's like, you know, it, it takes a lot of the steam out of the surprise when, you know, you have citizen journalists who are like, oh, they're going to do this. And then they do it. It's like, oh, yeah, see, this guy posted this on Twitter, you know, before it even happened and said exactly what was going to happen. I mean, you're seeing some of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super optimistic. You and I both have dabbled a little bit in cryptocurrency. It might seem a little off topic, but I just wanted to ask you kind of, you know, I'm hearing a lot of different things about it. I did one show on it. And you know, my take on it is I got curious about it by a, a friend who was talking a lot about it. And I finally was like, you know what, let me go, let me do a deeper dive into this. And then I ended up, you know, watching a lot of different videos and trying to understand it because it's very hard to understand. Um, and I started to get this almost intuitive sense that all the stuff we talk about, about consciousness birthing new systems that are going to make the old systems obsolete, that perhaps this is what I was looking at with blockchain and cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff. And I was like, huh, is this part of of that shift, that kind of movement into frequency where this will be it? And then, of course, I saw a lot of different um, videos, you know, like Catherine Austin Fitz, who said, you know, oh, she thinks this is all just a scam. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, what's your case on that? And and I, I, I listened to her. I guess I just wanted to ask you kind of like what your initial interest was, like what piqued your interest as you go into it. 
And, you know, do you think it's a positive thing? Do you think it's a little bit of both? Do you think it could be used against us the way Catherine Austin Fitz does? Uh, where, where do you stand now with cryptocurrency? And, and when did you first get into it? Was it just like a year ago or so? Yeah, well, a few years ago, I bought some Bitcoin and, yes. and Ethereum and, and didn't do anything else until a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my take is, first of all, I don't know anything about this. I've always been a really emotional, terrible investor. Yeah. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, in our crypto group last night, uh, th- th- he talks about FOMO sometimes, F-O-M-O, which is fear of missing out. It's yeah. like, oh, I got to get all this crypto on that. Crypt-. So I wrote, I think it's now FOMO has turned over to FOMA, which is fear of losing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto is just dying, right? So, yeah. um, in other words, I don't really know. My my something, I hope a smarter part of me uh, realized or believed that that this is going to be part of the answer. I do believe that the whole central bank system is going to come crashing down. I think our our dollars probably going to be pounded into oblivion here very possibly. I do think that um, gold and silver seem like they've been artificially restrained. So I've been tapping into that. And I did get a a fair bit, probably 20% of my my savings put into crypto. And it's got me a little nervous seeing what's going on of late. I do think I think the uh, the bad boys are trying to turn it into, of course, get control of it, more of a central bank crypto. And I don't think it's going to work because I'm an optimist at heart. And I think that'll get throttled. So I do think it probably has its place. I, I don't quite I can't quite wrap my head around it very well, though. I think I think it's one of those things, Roy, where it's like if you were to put us in a time machine and blast us even like 10 years into the future, I think we might be like, holy shit, what is going on? Like, how are we, what am I doing with that? You know, what are we trading in? How am I paying for that? What's going, you know, I, I think, it, I think it's going to get really accelerated. And of course the, the central banks are going to want to try to create a digital currency and then tie, you know, like, like the CCP tie it to uh, social credit and all that. But I, I just think there's the genie's already out of the bottle. And I just think you're, you're not going to be able to get the Bitcoin, Ethereum uh, capital to, to funnel. You know, I just think it's like central bank, man, isn't that why we created, uh, isn't that why Bitcoin and things like Ethereum got created was because of the corruption of the, of the central bank. So I, I can't see them being co-opted for something like that, but I could be wrong. You know, like I'm with you. I, I know very, very little, uh, but I, I enjoy learning about it. Um, and you're in a, you're in a course with somebody that knows a lot about it, I guess, huh? Right. Yeah. She's, she's pretty good. And she has a little Monday zoom gathering. So I, I get to join in once in a while and learn a little bit. I can't, I can't get too focused on my passion is uh, more on God right now, to be honest. It just feels like there's this big, big invitation, like, okay, it's got, it's time to get real and wake up. And, and I, I feel, I think a lot of people are being called back to God and Jesus. And it's not the kind of thing I thought I would be saying or drawn yeah. to the Bible and stuff, but that's kind of where I think is my priority right now. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's, that's definitely going around in groups that um, this kind of gratitude for spirit and God, Christ, the divine, however you'd like to express that. And that that's really what's driving the great awakening. I mean, it, it could be seen as people getting comfortable with the truth, but the other side of that is that there's this awakening to our own divinity and our own connection and channel to higher consciousness, to divine consciousness. And I think that's what's really, that's where you can't go wrong, right? That's where it's like, you're really on sure footing because all this other stuff, you know, 
we can speculate about the deep state and and the arrests, and we can speculate about what's going to happen with cryptocurrency and and you know are there going to be arrests made for uh, you know Fauci and all these sociopaths that have been trying to harm. Uh, humanity, but we really don't know what the timeline looks like on that. And in some ways, our most powerful move is in our connection with the divine, right? Oh, very well said. When we try to uh, plan our our security around the workings of man, <laughs> I think we're we're missing the point. There's something much more powerful and mighty than than the deep state and Satan and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, Roy, because it's like whenever I'm doing financial planning and that might include cryptocurrency and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, and I, I've got numbers in my head when I get here, you know, like like an old accountant or something, you know, and then when I'm, when I'm done futzing around and like <laughs> pushing numbers around, there's this voice in my head, this wise voice that says, you can plan all that. But it's not, it's not going to look anything like you think it is. Like, yes, yes, there's a great awakening. Yes, the, the Christ consciousness is being birthed once again in humanity and, and is on the rise and this frequency and consciousness. So you can plan for your financial future, but just do it in a, with, in a light way because you don't want to be heavy with ego. You don't want to be heavy with attachment that it look a certain way or certainly not attachment to kind of numbers because it's just like it's not really going to mean a whole lot. And it's like, okay. You know, oh, that, that, that really registers with me because I'm like, I like, I like planning <laughs> for my future. It's just, I don't want to be attached that it's got to look any way that I'm planning. <laughs> so I you're a wise man. <laughs> Listen to that voice, man. I'm, I'm really going through it. I mean, I'm, I'm questioning everything I've taught for the last 20 years as a spiritual teacher and yoga yeah. teacher. I'm just feeling like, okay, I, I, I want to know the truth, even if it means changing my career and questioning yeah. everything. So I think it's a good time for humility. <laughs> Totally. Well, and letting go too. I, I think this is a good year of letting go. Yeah. At least for me, like don't attach to anything. Don't, don't get too, don't, you know, check your expectations, set your intention, but do it in a light way, be nimble. And it's like, okay, okay. I got you. Let go. Don't, don't get attached. Travel as light as I can. I got it. So yeah. Um, yeah. You got it. And then do you have any, uh, you're teaching yoga retreats. I love uh, you're, you're going to, you, did you just go to Sedona? Are you planning on going back there? What does your 2022 calendar look like for yoga meditation retreats? Do you have some stuff booked? And then are people letting, are, are places letting you go and, and teach and participate with no masks and no vaccines? <laughs> are you, are you finding those right places? I guess I want to. Oh yeah. These are all yeah. good questions. Like we're saying about holding things lightly and letting mm -hmm. go. I've let go of all the international retreats because I won't take a test and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're keeping them close to home. We've got probably six uh, weekend local Washington retreats. And then we have two in Sedona this year because there, even if the planes flying gets weird, I can, I can uh, drive down there. Right. It's weird. Every place is a little different. We, we have a policy on our website, which scares some people away that says, you know, mass and everything is optional. We trust you to make your own decisions. So yeah, that's, that's where great. we're at. That's great. Well, Roy, thanks so much for coming on. We'll mention your website, where to find your retreats on the outro, but thanks so much for participating, um, bringing your insight and your wisdom. I so appreciate your friendship and, and your, uh, your co-creating this with me um, and just keep up the great work and keep speaking your truth and, and keep being curious about what's going on and how, how we can better serve humanity right now. Uh, you too. I really enjoyed being with you. I love your energy, Tony, and really uh, grateful for this friendship. Thank you, Roy. 
I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Roy. I love his podcast, Soulful Warrior. He's so down-to-earth and approachable in his conversations, and he never comes from an egoic point of view, always offering the higher ground and insights for his listeners. It's really valuable. To find his yoga and meditation classes and retreats and his podcast, The Soulful Warrior, go to www.holmanhealthconnections.com. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men. 